Hello, I'm Gay, and I'm your host, Geraldo Rivera. You're tuned into Geraldo's Edge Game, episode 13, season 2, episode 3. I apologize for the long delay between episodes. I surprisingly, after uh, declaring that COVID was fake uh, in my last episode, uh, it turns out it is not. And I had it. I got it uh, apparently pretty bad. Uh, about two days after I recorded the last episode um, and right when I was going to start camming and uh, start my new career I uh, got very ill and um, surprisingly I didn't get it while I was literally swabbing people for the past like six months plus uh, but right when I quit that job I immediately got COVID. So, shit, you know? Uh, but it was good. I had uh, a nice week to uh, rewatch Attack on Titan for the new season, which has, it's taken like, I don't know, like 10 years to finish. Uh, I guess technically it's like six seasons because it's the way that their seasons are split up. It doesn't matter. The point is, I finally got to watch it, and I had to rewatch it like like three times. And uh, I'm actually not fully better. I found out uh, phys- physically, I feel good. My dick can get hard again. Um, I thought I was doing good because I was saving up all week, and then I had uh, I had a wet dream yesterday. I was like, damn. So I was actually going to record yesterday. uh, And then I had a wet dream. I was like, I guess I should just uh, let me hold off for a day. But um, what was the point? Uh, Oh, is that uh, I I feel retarded. I'm pretty sure I have some degree of what is known as the COVID fog. And um, which just sounds. It it sounds kind of gay if you're in the fog. Um, but Hey, basically it feels like when I was like heavily medicated back in like high school, that's kind of what it feels like when I was smoking a lot of weed and I was also taking like hardcore, like antipsychotics simultaneously. Um, it's kind of what it feels like right now in terms of like my level of, of like higher brain functioning, um, or kind of like, it's kind of like if you spent the whole day like smoking, you know, and then now you're just kind of chill. Like you're not high anymore. You're just like, you've come down after a nice long day of just being completely obliterated. And now you're just kind of relaxed, but your brain is not ready to do anything ever, except, um, you know, you're not going to do homework tonight. You're just going to do nothing now. That's kind of what it feels like starting every day throughout the whole day. And that's why it's been so hard to sit down and just fucking do this. I don't know what's wrong, but like I was a piece of shit and unmotivated before, but now it's even like, it's like 10 times harder to, to start anything. So I, I'm hoping that 
it sounds like a nice excuse, which it is, uh, but I'm hoping that doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it was really bad timing because <laughs> trying to get my life, uh, move on with my life here, but, um, it's, it's hard. Um, anyway, no other updates. My life is still crumbling as it, as it has been. I just had a nice week to do nothing with it. So, and I guess ponder, uh, the upcoming holiday. So I am going to continue with part two of my Valium times day series, AKA Miladies, AKA Maladies. I just wanted to, I guess a small correction from last episode. I had skipped over um, the ugly fat girl crushes that uh, liked me in third grade came back. I forgot to mention that we had a sixth grade district wide uh, track and field day, which I think a lot of maybe other schools do. I don't know. Might be a suburban white school thing. Uh, but all the other elementary schools were there. And I remember I participated in some events and saw some old friends from my old school. And uh, Valerie G and Nisha G were present. And I remember uh, before this event, they had called, they had, they had like went in the school directory and found like my home number. And I called my house and had spoken to my mom and requested to speak to me. Super weird. Fucking freaks. Uh, and they were like, oh, well, can't, can't wait to see you at the the track, you know, the, the field event or whatever. And I was like, yeah, cool. And in my mind, I was like, they probably got hotter, probably. Like, they're probably cuter than they used to be. Who knows? Like, I wasn't, but I just assumed maybe they would be. Um you know how girls peak so soon. Uh, and I got there and I think we talked a little bit, but not really much. And then I remember they called me after this event and they were like, you know, honestly, like you're kind of uglier than we remember you. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And that really set the tone uh, for my confidence moving into, into middle school. So it might have been good. That might have actually been good for me. You know, I might have been too confident heading into into middle school if if not for them. But that was kind of the last I talked to them and then they kind of I don't know what happened to them really. I know Nisha got pregnant, probably has like eight babies by now. Um and then Valerie is just kind of like a I think kind of crack hoe. I don't know. They don't really come back in the story. That's why I'm telling you their ultimate demise. But uh, I know my dad keeps up with them. If my dad sees them around town, which I guess my dad sees a lot of people at his at the grocery store he works at, and he'll always, always mention them, even though he's only known them as children. He'll, he'll just be like, you remember me? I'm Gabe's dad. <laughs> remember me? I'm Gabriel's dad. I went on that field trip with you, and I brought the... I brought the Cheez-Its. I was your chaperone. How could you forget? 
that's how my dad remembers everyone is from uh, the field trips he used to chaperone. Anyway, so <laughs> there just wanted to clear that up. I know that was really important to to mention. I just wanted to make sure this was a comprehensive list. <sighs> I think we had ended with Emma W last week with the whale tail. And so this week, I'm just going to brush over this one because I think I've told this whole story in another episode talking about middle school cringe. But uh, Maricel A was my first kiss. And we, it's a long story, but basically we met first at um, my cousin's it was my cousin's wedding my cousin got a girl pregnant and this girl had a younger half sister named Maricel and I met Maricel at the wedding and then I met her again we danced at the wedding. There was cute, you know, she was into me, but she lived in New York and I lived in PA, so who fucking cares? And then, uh, you know, we met again, I think at the their kid's first birthday party or something like that. Uh, so the, the whole story is basically just like, she's teasing me. She's, she's older than me. She's an older woman by like, I think like two or three years. I don't remember. But when we had kissed, it was, uh, <laughs> this is weird. We were surrounded by kids. We were like, we were basically sleeping in this living room uh, and on like an ottoman combined with like smushed up next to like a, like a couch recliner. I don't know. But basically there were a bunch of these other couches like surrounding us. And there were some other kids sleeping around us and we slept next to each other um, and had made out and fondled a little bit, but she didn't want me to do anything with her. She, we didn't, I didn't finger anything. Um, and she offered to give me a hand job, it seemingly, or she motioned to do that. And I was like too shy or whatever. I was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I don't, I was probably just insecure about my PP. Uh, it's all moving kind of fast to have the kiss. And then also I was like, I just assumed my first kiss would be like a kiss. And that was, and that was it, you know, something just quick and easy. Like you imagine something cute. Uh, but no, it, it went to hand stuff. And then, um, and then at one point she had uh, pulled the covers up and pushed my head down and had me suck on her titties. She had me suck on her titties the first time. We kissed. I don't know if it was her first time doing anything, but it was definitely mine. And I don't think I gave any indication that it wasn't. Uh, and I had braces, which is what blows my mind is imagine like sucking titties with braces on. It's so funny. It's so funny to me. I would love to experience that again uh, with Invisalign. Um, but yeah, so that was that. And I had just kind of, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, if this progresses, then like she might be my first, you know, 
you know, maybe you were just too nervous for the first time, but the next time I see her, we're definitely going to like, definitely doing it. But I was like, you know, I was like in love. I remember because we woke up and, uh, together (laughs) and she had to go home and, uh, my mom and I had to go back to Pennsylvania. And I remember that summer, the hot song, this was summer eighth grade. So this was like 20, 2008, I think eighth grade into ninth grade. And the hot song was best I ever had by Drake. That song and, and successful was also hot that summer. Um, and yeah, I remember listening every time that came on the radio, which was like every other five minutes, uh, I, I associated that song with her now. She was the best I ever had. And so whenever I still hear, I still love that song and I still hear her or I still think about her whenever that comes on. Um, she comes back a little later, so we'll stay tuned to find out. Uh, but, you know, again, we lived far apart, so I don't know. Didn't get to keep up with her much. Um, there was a time, (laughs) I don't know how much sooner or later after that happened, but we were visiting Queens, we were visiting New York, um, and usually it's for like an event, for like a family, a family thing, a family function, but this time we were just visiting just for the weekend, uh, just to hang out. And for whatever reason, Maricel was there. And it kind of felt like what I'd learned is that uh, they let her know that I was coming. And so they invited her to stay over for the night. So they were kind of like trying to set us up. And she was just sleeping alone in the basement. And I was sleeping. Usually I do. Usually I would sleep in the basement. Usually when I stayed at their house, I would they would have the pull out couch for me. But she had claimed it. And so I was sleeping on the living room couch upstairs. And I remember, like, (laughs) this is so awkward. I just remember her, like, kind of suggesting that we hang out downstairs. Like, what she was kept asking, like, what are you doing upstairs? Like, what are you doing? Like, let's hang out. And then I was just like, no, I'm, like, really tired. And, like, (laughs) I just really, like, I was really, I really chickened out. Uh, But, again, it's one of those, I think, for the best kind of things because, you know, if she made me come, if she was the first girl to ever make me come, uh, I think it that would have been way too hard on me to have her be away in New York. And I would have been one of those weird kids with the girlfriend who lives across state lines who like they never see, but they're like texting them all the time or like calling them and it would have been bad. It would have just been weird and bad. And plus their, their family, I found out it's pretty like neurotic. They're Filipino. So you know how that goes. And it's like kind of a weird in the family thing. You know, I didn't know all these, I didn't think of these implications at the time, but I'm really glad now as an adult that I wasn't that kid because I would have ruined my like ninth, 10th, whatever. I would have been enamored with this girl who made me come one time, probably from like a shitty hand job. That's what, that's probably what would have happened. That's probably what would have happened in the basement. That's what happens in basements on pull-out couches. 
Um, yeah. Okay. So well, moving on. Um, ninth grade. This is a combo. Another another group of like slightly uh, <laughs> slightly uglier friends who all had simultaneous crushes on me. I think ugly girls tend to to they they tend to crush on guys as a group. I found ugly girls will all like congregate and and kind of just decide together they like one dude. Um and that's what this group was. This is Tiffany F, Marlinda H and Dabney L. Uh and they weren't like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have prefaced this as like ugly girls, but like they were not like popular, I should say. They were cute. They're all cute. Actually, in retrospect, like Tiffany's hot. Tiffany's hot. Marley's cute. And then Dabney is hot now. Dabney's like a MILF now at like 27. Uh, I don't talk to any of them. Sorry, I ruined the surprise. Uh, actually, well, I do talk to one of them. But the point being uh, is that at the time, they weren't very popular. No one no one is. If you're popular in ninth grade, then they were something you're peaking too early, I think. <coughs> Sorry, there's a little cum in my throat. Um, I don't remember how who I met first, but basically they were girls from my classes and they happened to all be friends and we would uh, chat on Facebook all the time when Facebook was super popping 2009 we would uh, have poke wars these were girls that you'd have poke wars with on the regular um, and you'd be texting all the time and uh, I would ride my bike these are the first time the first times I would like ride my bike to like hang out with girls because they were like it's when I learned the freedom of my bike. I've had this bike sitting around and never thought to leave my fucking neighborhood. And uh, I started doing that. And I w we would hang out and just like, it, we would truly just do nothing. We would just like hang out, go to Turkey Hill, get slushies. And um, and they would just be like awkward and like text each other about me like while we were hanging out. That's kind of like what, yeah. And I liked that. It was It was like some nice attention but uh i think i, I kind of liked tiffany and i liked dabney i would i would tease all of them i'd flirt with all of them at school and then like outside of school simultaneously and uh i remember distinctly dabney was one to she 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 blew the cover she blew my cover because with pokes the thing about facebook pokes that was really cool is that uh they were private it was a private way to just like casually have an ongoing flirt relationship with someone um, until until someone like Dabney, that fucking bitch, wrote on my wall and said, I'm going to win this poke war, okay, publicly. So when that happens, that means everyone else you're having a poke war with realizes they're not special. Uh, every, they realize that you're poking all these other girls, potentially, at least Dabney. And uh, Dabney, if you go on Dabney's page, Dabney's just like the weird, awkward girl with the big titties. 
that's what she was, but for some reason wasn't regarded as as really hot or popular at that time. She just had big titties. She was like a MILF. I swear to God, she was like a MILF in ninth grade. Just something about her body type uh, and her demeanor was just like, it reminds me of every MILF I've ever met now beyond, like after that is, is like Dabney. She's the pre-MILF. Um, and I called her, actually, I'm not going to call her. I'm not going to bring up nicknames. It might, it won't dox her, but it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, there's not much going on there. They, it, it culminates. Okay. So I'm building up here. So we have Tiffany, Marley, Dabney. Okay. And then there's Janae, Janae N. And she has the accent on the E. It's like French. Uh, we had mutual classes, mutual friends, and she was just a, a thick white girl. She's a fat ass white girl. Uh, you know, that's what I'm into. And it got to a point, and she was really like normie. She was really normie. And it got to a point, this is I think coming up to 10th grade, where I remember distinctly being at homecoming. Uh, I went to the homecoming football game. And I was like, huh, I better make a decision. I, like, I have to decide who I'm taking to homecoming. It wasn't like I need a homecoming date. It was like I have like three girls who I could take right now that I want to ask. Um, and I remember it being. So <laughs> during this time, I still had a crush on Julie. I actually did. And I actually Julie was my first choice. But. She had a boyfriend. I was too late. It was like, uh, I remember because she was in, she ran cross country with me. We both ran cross country and I wanted to ask her in ninth grade. I remember. And then I got the flu. I got the flu or I got really sick or something and I lost my motivation to, to do that. So I missed my chance on that. And so I kind of was like settling for the girls that came to me, the girls that already liked me. Um, and, oh shit. So, I was deciding between two of the weird girls from the group and Janae at homecoming. And at one point I just remember I had to just like, I had to like dump Tiffany because Tiffany, I had been like, we had been writing notes. I'd been making her origami. I had, uh, we had been trading silly bands. <laughs> That's what I remember was a, was a big thing back then was, uh, that wasn't like the equivalent of like trying to date. It wasn't like a dating culture thing. But I think if you were like, if you gave a girl your silly band or if she gave you her silly band and you wore it, uh, it meant it meant something. It was significant enough. Uh, and yeah, and she had a she had a llama. She had a llama silly band. I remember that she gave me or I gave her. But that became like a, you know, it was like she's one of those girls that's just like haha random. You know, like she's one of those random girls that would like make up words and say rar, x you know xd, but like wasn't like dark emo type, you know, we didn't wear like invader zim 
uh, like hoodies or backpacks or didn't like, but she still had the, the random raw, this aesthetic, <laughs> uh, you know, but she was like a cheerleader. Yeah. Oh, that was that. They were all cheerleaders. I forgot. Cheerleaders and dancers. So they were like hot. And Janae was also a dancer. She was hot. And yeah. And then I ended up, I asked her because she was like more in tune with my other friends, like my, like my guy friends and uh, her like girlfriends were, I don't know. They were like a step above in like popularity, I would say, but like still not like super cool. They were just like chill, chill enough. Um, and then, yeah, so I ended up taking Janae and I was trying to like date Janae, but she seemed like not that interested in me. She seemed more interested in like my friends, uh, Brashawn and, and Dre who were like, you know, as I mentioned before, they're like Corbin blue lookalikes, um, hair and everything. And so they were hot, you know, cause they're, you know, nice light skin boys, <laughs> Uh, and that was what Janae was really into. I was, I was a little ethnic, but she wanted, I think more, she wanted some darker meat than me. Um, so yeah, nothing really ever happened with Janae, but we like went out on, and stuff, but no kissing, no, no huggy, just hugs, I think. Um, and then somewhere around that time, Actually, I'll, I'll come back to this. I'll come back to it. Uh, okay, around this time as well, around 10th grade. No, it was probably 9th grade too. I had a friend named Rick in my class. And Rick is like, I don't know why I was nice to him. He's like really annoying, like kind of like anal, like... Um, like, a, he's just, like, a smartass. Like, just a complete smartass. But, like, I thought it was kind of funny the way he was such an asshole to people. So I kind of, like, he just, I think he just took that as, like, a positive sign that I, like, tolerated how much of an asshole he kind of was. But he was so dorky that no one, like, really took him that seriously. You know, he was just, like, that's just Rick being a dick, as usual. Um, And he, like, enjoyed, like, he laughed about it. He wasn't, like... I don't think he was trying to be mean. I think he was just autistic. Anyway, I would give him a piece of gum every day in, in history class. Um, and I didn't think he really liked me that much. I think he just, I thought he just wanted me for gum. But, you know, we exchanged numbers. I think we played like Halo together. We played Xbox together. And so we were kind of casually friends like that. Um, and then one day I remember he, he rolled up with his sister and his sister's hot friends who were upperclassmen. I think they were juniors maybe at the time when we met and there were, so there was Jean, his sister, his older sister, and then Colleen S. Um, and then they had another friend, Rachel, who I wasn't that I wasn't attracted to, but she was there. And, um, Rick had instructed them to, I think they were, they were just bored. And then they were like, we should go pick up Gabe. Gabe's cool. Gabe gives me gum every day. And so by, by giving gum to the really annoying asshole kid in my class, uh, the fucking nerd, I got hooked up with older, 
with upper class hotties. Okay. And there was a lesson in that, I think, somewhere. But I had my in some somewhat. They weren't super popular. They weren't super hot, but like they were they were fine. They were fine. Like they're, you know. It really brought my my standards up in a way. Older women. Uh and I hung out with them and we just, you know, we just do random shit. Um you know, bored teenagers shit, just go to McDonald's all the time, like go play mini golf, go drive around for hours listening to fucking <coughs> like T-Swift and I don't know, Pitbull. I don't know. We're just like, cause she drove. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, it's her, her music. Uh, and we ended up being really good friends, me and Jean, but, uh, Colleen, uh, there was weird, this comes back later, but there was weird tension between them because I think they both liked me. They both were like, you know, I think they both wanted to date me. Um, they both like, liked me. So they, I think it caused some weird tension between them. And then, yeah, it was one of those things where it was girls trying to fight over the same boys or something. But uh, Colleen was very, very like open about it. And it kind of turned me, it was the first time I was like, whoa, I'm actually kind of turned off by how forward you are. Because I remember it just being uncomfortable because we'd be hanging out with friends and she'd be like, we bought like watching a movie and she'd be like all over me, like sitting on my lap and like literally jumping on me. Like, you know, like that was her way of trying to like flirt, I guess. And, you know, obviously when I think about it now, I'm like, damn, like I could have fucked like so hard, but, uh, I, you know, I understand, I get it. I still have, I get that feeling now sometimes with certain people who like, no one's obviously fawning over me now. Like no one's, it doesn't happen in the same way when you're not a bunch of horny teenagers, but, um, yeah, that, that was weird. It was a weird time where I was like, I was really horny, but for some reason I didn't, uh, I didn't fuck Colleen. Uh, just because I think it, I, I recognize how awkward it would have been if we dated, it would have ruined every other like friendship dynamic I'd created with those people. Um, but when I think about it in retrospect, I'm like, damn, I should have, should have hit that. Uh, not another fat ass white girl. She was ginger, fat ass ginger girl. Maybe that's why I didn't like her. She was ginger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is all kind of happening simultaneously. It's really my my social life with women with girls is really picking up in ninth and tenth grade. It's really picking up, kind of setting me up for failure, but. So get this. So Julie, Julie S., the hot girl next door, the one who I called fat in elementary school and, and scared her away, the gifted one who I turned down at the middle school dance and was awkward through middle school and then wanted to ask out in ninth grade but got sick. In 10th grade, when I had all these other girls I was talking to simultaneously, she came to my house and asked me if I wanted to walk her dog with her. She walked up and rang my doorbell and talked to my mom and asked if Gabe could come out 
to play. <laughs> uh, and I still like, had a huge crush on this girl. And I never would have had the balls to like go up to her door, you know, but she came to me. Um, and that was a, a dream come true. And I remember we, we started walking like regularly, but she was, I remember still dating, uh, she still had a boyfriend. She still had a boyfriend at that time. But I remember, uh, it came about because I had told this one doesn't count, but there was a girl named Jackie from my French class who like was like an Amazonian goddess. She was like six foot or something. She was tall. She was way taller than me and like big. Uh, but she was funny and like, liked to gossip and stuff and which I liked, I don't know. I just liked her attention. I always kind of felt like she was flirting with me too. And she would always make this joke about, uh, that movie, that part in, uh, I think in Yes Man where the old lady like offers uh, Jim Carrey like release or whatever and then like gives him a a, a beige, gives him a, a toothless bee job. Um, something, and, but the, the, the quote is always like, do you want to release? And she would always ask me that like in, in school um, and I would just laugh it off. But I feel like she definitely would have giving me release if I was like, yeah, we, oui, we, oui. um, but I told her like about my girl, not problems or issues, but you know, I would let her know a little bit just cause I didn't have, I don't know, people to, to talk, to process about it, I guess, other than her. And, uh, and so, but she ratted, she told Julie that I liked her cause she was in our French class as well. And Julie's like, huh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And so, yeah. And then she, uh, showed up at my door. So we were kind of having this weird, like this kind of felt scandalous cause I was talking to girls and she was dating someone. And so, but we were just, you know, going for casual walks around the neighborhood and, and talking. And it was really nice. I remember like thinking like, this is perfect. This is like what I've always, uh, this is what I've always wanted. <laughs> and eventually we eventually, so this was happening when I was like taking Janae to homecoming and kind of dating Janae. And one day Julie and I, I remember it was like later in, it was in the winter cause it was super cold. And uh, I was super chicken about like making a move, but I finally just like, I kissed her on one of her walks um, and I was in love. I was in love. And I remember <laughs> I was just so enthused. I was like, I don't care what happens now. And I remember going to school the next day and seeing Janae in the hallway. And I don't remember if this is like it, this is how I remember it. Cause it, I remember looking back and being so embarrassed about it, but I'm pretty sure I didn't even like set a good aside, like a good time. I didn't like tell her like, Hey, we should talk or like, I didn't call her like after school or something. I just remember being like in the hall, like in between classes, like walking with Janae and then just like kind of pulling her aside and be like, Hey, I just like, just want to let you know, like, um, I, I kissed Julie. I just have to like let you, I have to tell you. And she was just like, okay. 
and I, I'm pretty sure that was it. I, I feel like that was it because we had to like go to class and and she didn't really like me, I think. So it didn't really matter. We hadn't kissed or anything. We weren't like officially dating, I don't think. But like it wasn't boyfriend, girlfriend. But I just know uh, it was just like, hey, I kissed Julie. She was like, okay, that was it. That was, And it was one of the easiest breakups I ever had. But uh, it could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse if like with a different person or like someone that actually really liked me or cared. But I remember the way I handled that was just so like, <laughs> it's pretty crude. Uh, but yeah, after that, I was like free. I was like, oh my God, now I can date the girl I've had a crush on since fourth grade. Um, and that was cool. Um, except then, you know, I still had my playboy tendencies. Uh, and around this time is like when like my mommy issues are starting to really uh, come to a head. This is around the time uh, I'm getting caught. Tenth grade is when I was getting caught uh, plagiarizing. And I had that whole thing with my mom uh, freaking out. This is like the end of 10th grade. But at, by this time, what was compounding those issues was the fact that I was dating Julie. And so obviously my mom had noticed that I was like leaving the house a lot to go on walks with this girl who lived in the neighborhood. And so I feel like she was very vigilant of what I was doing then, uh, just assumed like whenever I was out, I was either going out with Julie or I was like getting picked up and hanging out with Jean and her old, those older girls and doing who God knows what having orgies, um, so my mom was having a lot of issues with me being, you know, a teen, having girls all up on me. Um, I don't know. There was like, that year was good. That that 10th grade was like hot for me. I like, I'm pretty sure I peaked in 10th grade, had skinny jeans, had faux hawk. Was, I was known as like the dancing kid again. I knew all the, the hot moves. I was rejecting, teach me how to jerk, teach me how to Dougie. I was that dude. Um, yeah, I was on the come up and I was getting bitches. So I was dry humping. I was dry humping my girlfriend. Um, but unfortunately it all started to come crashing down around, let's see. Yeah, it was like after... 10th grade into 11th grade is when I started really having my issues because, oh, well, hold on, hold on. So, uh, I went to this thing, I think summer 10th grade, 10th into 11th grade. I remember my mom was really set on me, like taking school and like, you know, my academics seriously. And I went to two camps that summer one was a health camp. One was health camp for, for not for fat kids. It was for uh, people interested in, in health careers. So you get to go to this random school in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I guess you basically just take like a one course. You, pay, you take like one class of, of a course at the school for a week. 
Um, and you take a bunch of different classes. Um, and I remember meeting a girl at this camp while I was dating Julie and we talked a lot and flirted a lot, but nothing ever happened. We just exchanged contact information, but it was very flirty. You know, it was my first time really sleep away camp, I guess. And, uh, yeah. And this comes into play later, but basically I ended up talking with her regularly on like Facebook and like, I think we Skyped and stuff. And, uh, and she had a friend from her hometown back in Pittsburgh named Melena, Melena F. And then Melena and I actually, we had never met in person up to that point, but we had talked online a lot and we vibed more than the girl I had talked to at this camp. I forget the camp girl's name, but that was my connection to Milena was this girl I met at a, at a health camp once. Um, and so in a way I was kind of vaguely like, I guess, emotionally cheating on, on Julie. Cause I was just, I was just talking to the other girls that she didn't know about. Um, and then I went to this like youth leadership thing, which is like very culty called the Hobie. And I think it still runs. It's like the Hugh O'Brien youth leadership thing but it's like specifically for like 10th graders in high school and they go away for a weekend and like just do leadership things I don't know but it becomes a thing where like you you come back every year as like a counselor or whatever and you lead other kids in the program and you build the it's like a mini fraternity of sorts I don't know but uh, it's a good way to meet girls um, who are the future leaders of America as well and uh, I did and I kissed one. I kissed one. I kissed a fat one because I could. I don't know. It's because it's, it's what everyone was doing. They were just making out. Uh, and I remember it was like the last night and there was like a some sort of like conference thing. And I, it was like a talent show. And I remember kissing her at the talent show, like in the back. And that was it. And I remember she tasted disgusting and her lips were so dry and chapped. And, and she smelled like, uh, very sanit sanitary. She smelled like a sanitary napkin is what I'm getting at. Uh, and I didn't recognize that smell at that time. I didn't know what that was, but in retrospect, I was like, after I've met other girls who smell like that, I was like, Oh, I know what that is now. I know what that she's, she's sanitary. Uh, but it's funny. Yeah. That was one of the, so technically I cheated on my girlfriend that, that first time. Cause of that when I was at that summer and I never told her, and I never talked to that girl again cause she was disgusting, but, uh, I probably would have, if she was any, any less disgusting, I maybe would have, uh, had an ongoing thing with her uh, or at least talked with her more or something. But I remember I met so many girls at that, that, that like, it was like a three day weekend. I had people like years, like years had passed and they would hit me up on Facebook. They'd be like, Hey, like, I remember you from, from Hobie. I remember you from Hobie. Do you remember me? Like I was, we didn't really talk much, but I just, you seemed to re you seem really cool. 
and I wanted to talk to you. I had a lot of that going into like junior year. So I had all these girls from all sorts of um, like all over South Central Pennsylvania, like messaging me on Facebook, wanting to get to know me because I seemed cool at one time. Super weird. Uh, I don't think I made an impression at that camp. I don't know what was going on. I just must have had the energy of having like had a girlfriend. So I was like super confident. You know how that goes. Um, that's basically a married man. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's in between. These are details that I don't know. I just felt like I need to include. Okay, so the point is that I went to these camps and it was like during the summer that I was supposed to decide like, are you serious about living here with me and, and Rob? Do you want to move in with your dad because you're like fucking up in school, that sort of thing. And yeah, and that's when I had my issues and I went to, uh, and I got kicked out and then I went to Phil Haven. I started going to Phil Haven, uh, which is um, a behavioral health conglomerate of sorts which has also since been bought out by other bigger healthcare conglomerates in Pennsylvania and beyond but was the big was one of the big ones at the time especially for adolescents for teens and adolescents and it's a good place to meet crazy girls it's a good place to meet girls who are having a rough time in life who may be vulnerable and that's who I met <coughs> I met uh, Stephanie. Uh, I met Stephanie and she was cute and again was a fat ass white girl. And uh, we exchanged numbers. And this is my first Phil Haven inpatient visit, I remember. I remember we exchanged numbers um, and talked. And I think we met at the mall one time. But not much of anything happened. It was just like hung out at the mall. Uh, and the problem with that was that uh, I, the second time I went to inpatient was because I had, and I told this story already, but I had tried to basically kill myself in my girlfriend's house. I had drank a bunch of their alcohol and like took all my pills and like, laid in my girlfriend's bed listening to Drake's uh, Take Care album on repeat. And then the cops showed up at the house and like took me away. But I had left my phone. I left my phone at the house in Julie's bed. And Julie, of course, why wouldn't she look through my phone ha after having attempted suicide, I guess. Uh, why wouldn't she be curious as to what I was doing socially? So she had discovered I was talking to Stephanie from Philhaven, which I'm sure is exactly how I had her contact name listed, is Stephanie Philhaven. Uh, and that was a big problem. I know I didn't talk about Julie much, about how much, how nice it was to be with Julie, I should make it clear that like she was really good to me at that time, like a really good girlfriend. Uh, we, you know, talked a lot about 
our problems about our, you know, our families. And like, she was the first one to really first girl to really like connect with, uh, both physically and emotionally. So I was a scumbag. I was a scumbag, but she, uh, was awesome and really amazing with me. Uh, in that first, like, I guess year or so of us dating, um, especially after having had the, the buildup of tension from since fourth grade and on, like on and off and on and off and just like being awkward and not. So by the time we had dry humped for the first time and I didn't come my pants, but the, you know, the first time I came my pants when we dry humped, I was like, huh, this is amazing. Um, and, and her family was nice and it was like, you know, I was, it, it felt like I was missing a lot uh, up to that point. But the problem was that, you know, I was trying to substitute everything I was missing in my life with, with her and her family. And that wasn't obviously a solution. It wasn't, you know, I couldn't make her my life, which is kind of what I was trying to do at that point. Um, the only thing I was distracted by at that time in my life was weed and Julie. And, um, that became a problem because I still had these unresolved like mommy issues that, you know, my mom made me feel very guilty about having this girlfriend, uh, all the time. And like, so it kind of affected the way I think I viewed her really early on. Like it, you know, I could still, I, I couldn't trust this is dumb, but like I couldn't trust if I liked her because I couldn't trust myself that I truly loved her the as much as I should or as much as I did because I didn't know if some of it came from wanting to spite my mom. It, it was that everything was tainted by this idea that I was doing this and I only liked her because I was spiting my mom. So it made it hard for me to like, I, I, it's not like I didn't love her. It's just like I, in the back of my mind, I was always like second guessing, like maybe my mom's right. Or like, maybe I'm just doing this to like make my mom mad. I don't know. So it's really dumb, you know? And it's like, I didn't know better. You know, how would I, how would I know? It's like, it's like I was, you know, 10th grade, I was 16. What the fuck did I know about my own emotions? But, um, so the therapy was for, so that's probably why I was, I was probably afraid of this reject, like, you know, even though we were like in love, I was constantly like thinking about the rejection, the inevitable rejection. And so I think I was always setting myself up with other options, um, in case, you know, Julie left me like the way my mom pushed me out of her life kind of thing. Not an excuse. Not an excuse by any means. I was a scumbag. That's that's what it is, uh, is that I was cheating and didn't uh, tell her. So, um, so continuing with Phil Haven, there was Jen. Jen was a fat diabetic chick who taught me about diabetes and Mac Miller. And uh, I remember we would smoke and we dry humped when it was, uh, it got really dark because I went to the hospital a third time. I think that same, 
I don't know. It was when I got out of the hospital around like Christmas time and Julie had like basically broken up with me and we were like off, you know, cause it was like, you're having a lot of issues and you need to like, we need space and uh, we need to figure this out. And I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And, uh, is went around the time I got into a car crash. Um, and so I was like uber depressed, just smoking hella weed and being, medicated and trying different stuff and and then jen was like this girl who like had a fucked up childhood and uh because her dad killed herself her dad killed himself when she was like young and she still suffered a lot from that uh on top of having <laughs> diabetes uh yeah i remember she introduced i used to think mac miller was whack and then like she showed me macadelic which was like mac's first like you know, it was very, very emotional, you know, it wasn't his fuck boy, like college kid music. And, uh, I still love that album. You know, a lot of what he makes made after that was like, you know, it's still like, it's artistic and emotional, but something about Macadelic just has this extreme darkness to it that, I mean, also cause I associate it with that time in my life, but, uh, I come back to that one a lot. So Macadelic and take care. If you want some listening, to go along with uh, these episodes. It's those, I would say those two albums. Uh, and Jen was nice. She let me dry. We would, we were dry hump and it was a fun time. And uh, she was, I was, I, I started, I started finding myself drawn to the uh, mentally unstable girls around me. And perhaps I'm still, I still have a, a an affinity for for I don't know if affinity is the right word, but I'm still attracted to mental illness. I think to this day, uh, which eases into this next girl, uh, Marissa L. Went to my high school. This is not a hospital girl, uh, but she is a mutual like friend. She's like artsy. She's like hippie art chick, but kind of on the on the like the fringe end of of that like she was she's one of the first girls i met that was like really really into like yoga or like like consider themselves like a yogi and i think she was vegan at the time and just like ate hella bananas and just like would not shut up about it and she like ran like i don't know like five miles or like 10 miles a day or something crazy but she wasn't like competing or anything she was just like she was just like neurotically healthy or like trying to be neurotically healthy. And so uh, I can't imagine what she's like today as an adult. She was like this, you know, in high school as like a junior. Um, but I remember she was just, a, yeah, she was just a mutual friend. And I remember we would hang out alone sometimes. And she had a big crush too on my, my friends, uh, Brashan and, and Dre. And, uh, they were always, you know, it's weird. I think they were, I guess we were all just hot friends that would hang out. But there was a, I had with her another feeling of like, she was settling for me, but really wanted Rashawn kind of thing. If she could get it. But Rashawn was also dating someone at the time. And I was dating Julie still throughout, on and off through high school. Um, and, uh, Yeah, we never did anything, surprisingly. She would have been... I think that was another case of where I was like, this is probably too easy. 
like it would be way too easy for me to like because I we would be at her house and like we would go for a run. Obviously, she's better at running than me. And then we'd be like alone in her basement and she'd be making jokes like, oops, I like forgot a bra again. Like such a klutz. And, you know, we'd be just like hanging out in her basement and like I could have, we could have easily hooked up. Um, At this point, I haven't even, I haven't had sex. Julie and I haven't had sex. We've only dry humped and I think maybe have done hand stuff. And we've tried a little bit of oral. I remember I ate Julie out in my car once in the backseat of my Ford Focus. And it was actually the first time I'd ever eaten anyone out and eaten her out. I think it was her first time having been eaten out uh, in the backseat of a Ford Focus. And I think she didn't really enjoy it. And I think we kind of stopped doing it for a while. <laughs> Which is kind of the theme for a lot of our sexual experiences. We're like, first time didn't go so well, so then we had to wait a while to do it again, uh, which was really frustrating for a horny teen like me. But I'm sure she was frustrated too because uh, I'm sure she had her own ideas of what her first time anything would be like. But I also wasn't her first kiss. We weren't each other's first kisses, so maybe that took the pressure off. I don't know. But the point being is like, you know, I could have, if I had hooked up with anyone else in my life at that time, beyond kissing, uh, I'm sure the guilt would have, for some reason, it wasn't guilty enough. I wasn't guilty enough just talking to other girls to like be swayed to like break up with Julie or like tell her or anything. And maybe that's why I didn't. Cause then I could like, I could, I could, I could still live with myself having like, oh, I only talked to the girls and we only like, flirted lightly you know it's not like we fucked or anything we didn't dry hump uh with jen it was like we dry humped when we were broken up so i didn't feel compelled to ever tell her about this um things like that i played a lot of games in my mind of like what what are the rules <laughs> what are the rules of dating uh but yeah so marissa was one of those where i was like really challenged where i was like huh this is this feels like wrong. Like what we're doing. It's the first time I was like, oh yeah, I shouldn't be doing, like if Julie knew I was doing this with Marissa, even though we were not hooking up, but we're like sitting in her basement alone and discussing how she's not wearing a bra. Um, you know, I am sure that would be pretty mad. She'd be pretty mad. Uh, and then in like junior year, I remember... Uh, we wanted to go to prom. Julie and I both wanted to go to prom together. And so she had this friend, uh, this is for another time, but my arch nemesis, Taylor. I have an arch nemesis named Taylor who is like, this really cheesy white dude who like, is like a diet, like uh, 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 Leonardo DiCaprio but just like a little more boxy and like his eyes looked a little more like down syndrome-y, if that makes sense. Uh, but Taylor, you know, on paper, like he's kind of, he's a good looking dude. But I remember, you know, he was like art kid, played guitar and was like a junior and, uh, and, and wanted to fuck Julie. And he wasn't really that 
uh, shy about it. I think it, it was pretty obvious. Um, and uh, he would hang out with Julie. They were, they were friends, you know. But I never liked when they would hang out. And there were a lot of fights in between between me and Julie about like, only because she would complain about him being like a bad friend and I'd be like, well, then why do you hang out with him? Because clearly he just wants to like, he just wants to fuck you. And it seems like you just kind of want to fuck him. Um, and I would have been fine with that actually at the time because I was like, I really want to fuck these other girls in a way. But I love Julie. I was just like, she wasn't giving me any reason to like not like her. I still like loved her. Um aside from her like kind of berating me for having like mental health issues, which she like, it's not her fault. Cause she's a young teen. How do you, how are you supposed to know how to handle like having a boyfriend who has like complex emotional needs um, and mommy issues and blah, blah, blah. So uh, that's not an excuse for her to like fuck around and hang out with Taylor, but you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff going on there. But just like things that would piss me off with, with him, just like I used to work at a Chinese restaurant and they would like come in together and order food like while I was working. I was like, I work like like 10 hours a week, like out of the whole week, you could have come in and done this like any other time. But like you made a point to like come in, you know, and uh, when I would clearly see it happening. So things like that. Things like that. And I, was, I couldn't say anything because they were like friends before we were dating. So it's one of those things. It's one of those things. So that's kind of like my, what Marissa was to me in a way or how Julie felt about Marissa, I think. Anyway, the point is that we had this idea that we wanted to go to their prom, but their prom was for seniors only. And they were seniors at that point. We were 10th or no, we were juniors at that point. Um, and the idea was that we would, I would go with Marissa and she would go with Taylor. Julie would go with Taylor and then we would just trade dates. But what we found out is that even though Julie or uh, Marissa and Taylor, like in the same friend group, they actually don't like each other that much. And so basically we hung out with our own respective dates the whole night, which was kind of awkward because these were people that we actually kind of were interested in. And so caused some weird, really weird tension, some really weird tension. I went to, we went to prom with each other's like enemies. Um, really bad, really toxic, like dumb, like high school drama stuff. But, uh, yeah. So, In between some of this, uh, Marley, Marlinda from from ninth grade, from the 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 fat ugly group that I never paid much attention to back in the day, back in ninth grade. Uh, Marley and I were still like friends. She was actually really good. She's a really good friend, and like when I was going through like my rough times. And I left school. It was like around this time is when I got kicked out of school. Well, not get kicked out. I left. I dropped out and went to mall school uh, midway through junior year. But um, Marley was really helpful and like emotionally supportive throughout. And 
we were still friends and we would hang out and there were times where like when me and Julie were broken up, we would hang out and we would make out. Um, and so, but she caught feelings. She got feelings like really, really hard. And the thing is that when me and Julie would get back together, I would just drop Marley because it's like, well, thanks for your emotional support about, Julie, I'm going to go back to Julie now. Um, and Marley would have to, and Marley would write me like these long notes about like, like I get why you would pick Julie over me. And like, this is like really guilt trippy, like, but she wanted to just make it clear how she felt, you know? Um, and they were really nice. They were really nice, heartfelt messages that I just really blew off. Cause I was so like selfish and like, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted what I wanted. So I just ignore everything else. But, uh, and I didn't have to deal with the fallout of that either. Cause like they would, Marley and Julie were still in school. Like they were still in regular school and I got to be a mall school. So I never had to deal with the drama that happened in, in the halls. I didn't get to see the dirty looks, you know, I didn't have to be in the same room as I, any of them at any time, see them in the parking lot. I got to like the, it was like the best. I got to be a scumbag because I was like not in school. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of this pattern of like, have things are really good with Julie. Then we have a fight. And then we're on a break and then I like find someone to fill the gap temporarily. So then I had a bunch of these girls that like really liked me um, because I was like, I was dark and I was troubled and I was, I had a lot, I always had weed on me um, and I would just like smoke girls up and we'd never fucked. I, I, I don't know if I was just insecure or something at that time or just because I hadn't had sex. I was like, I'm just not going to do it with anyone until I'm comfortable, but, uh, I wasn't comfortable with anyone but Julie. So yeah, there, I started developing that pattern of, uh, of, uh, finding rebounds really quickly and being able to drop them immediately. <laughs> um, And then Milena, this is weird. So Milena, the girl that I was the friend of the girl from the health camp, the one I never met. So Milena, I never met. Uh, we had been talking and she invited me. We were like joking kind of, but she had told, she had told me that, you know, that we, she didn't have a, a date to her prom and I basically offered to uh, be her date and um, and this was like this is like senior year actually I'm skipping over quite a bit so maybe I won't tell you this story yet but uh, plus I'm 
I'll just tell you the story because I'm getting close to coming anyway. Um, this was like senior year. A lot of happened in between, but Milena and I kept in touch and I agreed to go to her prom. And so I was dating Julie. We were on like dating Julie and I were on okay, like good terms at that point. And I never told her about this. And then my, uh, I think it was like a week or two before I was supposed to go to this prom. My grandma died. I was living with my grandma up to that point. And we had sold her house and my dad was in the process of moving to, we're moving to a new apartment. And I was just like, I have this thing. I have this plan. I was supposed to go to Altoona, Pennsylvania, which is on the West side. It's just like close to like Pittsburgh. It's like greater fit, like Pittsburgh area. Um, really out in the boonies, like fucking four or five hour drive, I think at least. Um, and I did. And we went to, I went to her prom. I was her prom date, her hot prom date, her run a date. They didn't think I would actually show up and I didn't think so either, but I was fucking crazy. So I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and I remember just like thinking like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> what is my problem? I'm fucking crazy and, and stupid, but you know, I was like 18 and like neurotic and suicidal. I was just like, whatever. Yeah, fine. And I remember we got high and went to some rinky dink amusement park at, it was like their post prom event. It was like in a, a the shitty amusement park, which was really kind of cool. But I didn't remember a lot. I just remember being fucking paranoid because I didn't know all these people. I was just around like strangers. I was at strangers prom. I was that guy that went to someone else's prom and with a stranger, basically. So uh, I remember we went to that and I felt like I almost died at this amusement park. Like the, the, like the jankiest rides ever. And we took this girl, I took the girl, Milena, up to, this is one of these towns that like has like a makeout point, you know, like really one of those, the smallest towns in America uh, and everyone knew everyone and like everyone from the prom was like there, like hooking up in their cars. Uh, and we were there too. And, and we made out and I ate her out in my back seat and it was her first time doing anything. <laughs> Um, and I remember thinking it was really hot and she didn't do anything for me, but it was just like, I just wanted to, I, I was just like really enamored with like eating girls out at that time. And I wanted to get really good at it. And I remember doing that and she obviously like fell in love with me because I was her first, like everything the guy that drove five hours to go to her prom. And then I just got to go home and not like think about her. <laughs> and I never told anyone. 
And I remember they sent me pictures from prom and I just was like, I'm just going to hide these forever. They sent me like a photo album, like in a thank you note about like, yeah, thank you so much for like being my date. You're awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And like, thanks for eating my pussy. <laughs> Is uh, I'm sure what that note really meant. But uh, yeah, that's like one of those things where I was like, this is really bad. What am I doing? <laughs> I remember I, I came home and like my dad had moved everything by himself with him and like my uncle or something. But I was a fucking idiot. I was a fucking scumbag. I was so selfish. <laughs> Those are better days. <sighs> Fucking. Damn, I kind of hate myself. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. Thanks for listening. Mwah.